Welcome to another episode of Imperfect Me Women. As promised, this episode is a little bit different than what I've done in the past. I am not actually interviewing anyone today. I decided to go ahead and share some of my own imperfect story. So this episode will just be me talking about some of my own experiences. I thought that it was time that I share, since I ask so many women to share their personal stories, and I hope that the stories that I share in this episode will be helpful and meaningful to my listeners in some way. Hey everyone. So like I said, this is going to be kind of a different episode than normal. Instead of interviewing somebody, I'm going to be talking about my own imperfections and my own imperfect journey. So hopefully this will be valuable. It was actually, it gave me a lot of uh, further respect for the women that have been on my show because I, it was hard to kind of nail down what I wanted to say and what I want to talk about today. So first I thought I would start out because usually I start out with a bio and kind of reintroducing myself to each of you. So who am I? So I'm Callan Olive. I am a an adventurer, a feminist, a wife, a mother, a therapist, and a coach. And I'm happily married to an awesome husband. I have three beautiful children and a fourth on the way, a girl. (laughs) Um, And as far as my education and career goes, I have a bachelor's in psychology and a master's in marriage and family therapy. And I'm trained in a few different types of therapy techniques and love love working with women. That is what I have found in my therapy experience that working with women is very fulfilling for me and I love helping them in the various different aspects of their lives. So that's me in a nutshell. I, uh, today I decided that I wanted to talk about my own specific challenge with dealing with, um, a sense of failure if I'm not being productive or, uh, how do I phrase it? Not being productive enough or if I'm not busy enough or accomplishing enough. So to kind of give you some context about this, uh, I thought I would, I would use the example of my struggles in being both a mom and a and having a career, since I know that this is something that a lot of women struggle with. Um, I thought I would talk about that. So growing up, I never wanted to have a career. I wanted to be a mom all the way. I wanted a million kids and I wanted to just live it up being a stay at home mom. And then I got to college and started learning about psychology and through that process had a change of perspective. And by the end of my uh, bachelor's, really about halfway through, I decided that I wanted to go on to get my master's in marriage and family therapy. So that was a shift in my life. And 
I got married uh, in between my bachelor's and my master's program to my high school sweetheart. We had dated all through high school and quickly after getting married, got pregnant. Um, it was planned. We had known each other long enough that we felt like we we were ready to, to have children and didn't want to wait. And so I don't think it was fully thought through, but it was planned. And so it ended up working out that uh, I interviewed for my graduate program while I was about 20 weeks pregnant and was able to hide the fact that I was pregnant. I didn't want that, even though it shouldn't have any impact in my in the decision to admit me into the program. I didn't want it to even be a factor or anything that they could ask me about or think about. So I wore some baggy clothes and, and was able to hide the fact that I was pregnant that day. So I imagine that when I showed up eight months pregnant, uh, to my first day of classes in my grad program, that that was a bit of a shock to them. I had not told anybody that I was pregnant. Uh, just didn't feel like I, I had to, or owed that to anybody. Um, so, so yeah, I gave birth to my first child, my son, three weeks after starting grad school. So that was quite a whirlwind. Uh, I, didn't ever really get to experience what grad school would have been like without a child. And it immediately introduced this extra uh, juggling aspect that I had to work through. So I went back to classes a week after having him because I, as you will see in my story here, and the type of person that is just like, I, I'll do anything I want. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. And so I went back a week after having him. And uh, luckily I had support at home. My mother-in-law was visiting, was able to stay with him. But I thought for sure I would be fine. It's three hours. Like, I can leave my baby for three hours. What's the big deal? Except that halfway through that three hours, uh, I needed to pump. And then luckily I had brought my pump to school in my backpack. But uh, <laughs> I went to the bathroom and cried as I took a break to pump because I missed him so much and felt like I should be with him. So I quickly learned that... Being a mom and also pursuing a career is quite a juggling act and that it will always be not only logistically difficult, but also emotionally difficult. Uh, so then fast forward a few months, my son got pertussis, which is whooping cough for those who might not know what that is. And over the course of about three months, he was hospitalized and um, for, he wasn't hospitalized that whole time. He was hospitalized for a few days and then they sent us home. And over the next few months, he was up at every hour of the night coughing and go through these horrible coughing spells where he would stop breathing for seconds at a time. And, and so not only am I dealing with uh, my second semester of grad school at that point, but also uh, his coughing and 
him being sick. And because it was pertussis and highly contagious, until he had the shot that they gave him had run its course, he couldn't go to daycare. So I had to bring him to class with me if I didn't want to miss any classes, which I didn't because I had already missed some while he was in the hospital. So uh, I brought him to class (laughs) and he coughed and it was distracting and it was, it was, uh, extremely tiring and a constant juggle. So what compounded that for me was after he got (laughs) pertussis, the teacher, the class, I had, I asked permission to bring him to class because I know that not every teacher prefers that. And the teacher had, had told me he was fine with it. But then later he, we were doing conferencing together. Um, and he, said that he felt like I was not as motivated in the program as I should be, or that, (laughs) that I wasn't showing that I actually cared that much about being a therapist, which just kind of blew my mind. (laughs) I was like, like, do you, did you not see the last three months of me like up at every hour of the night and trying to get my schoolwork done and make it to classes and do everything I can. And this is three months postpartum and yet um, here we are with you saying that I don't seem motivated. So that was discouraging, but I was able to kind of bounce back and, and find my way through that. Uh, And then that led us to the summer. By the summertime, I was so overwhelmed with uh, my, with the clinical work that I was doing, my grad program, all of the things that were being asked of me. Sam was luckily, my son was luckily better by then, but in midsummer, I remember specifically walking back to my car from campus and having this moment where I thought, I don't know if this is worth it. I, I don't know if I can do another year of this. And I called my mom and as moms do, she talked me through it and, and told me, I think if you can just make it over the summer and make it through the fall, like that's the big hurdle. You don't have to make it a whole year. You just have to make it one thing at a time. And if you can do that, then it'll be worth it. And so I'm grateful that I had that conversation with her because I was able to stick through it and, um, did continue going. So that rolled around to that September which was Sam's first birthday and his first birthday. (laughs) I remember it vividly because it was my first child and his first birthday, which as a new parent just seems like such a big deal. And, and it was a big deal. It was a big deal to me. And I remember looking at my schedule and realizing that I would not even see him awake that day because of my classes and the clinical work that I had to do and my internship and all of these different things that were scheduled for that day, I wouldn't even be able to see him on his birthday, which made me so, so sad. And I was really struggling. And I went to supervision that day uh, and met with my supervisor and cried the whole time in supervision and just said, I'm not even going to see my son today. And I feel like I'm failing him as a mom, like I know, I logically, I knew he wouldn't even notice. He didn't even know it's his birthday. He's one, you know, but, but I just felt like by dedicating my time to 
to this grad program, I was missing out on his life. And, um, and she looked at me and taught me something in that moment that has been such a good lesson for me from here, from then on out. And it was that I had a lot more control over my situation than I thought I did. She said, cancel your clients. Can't tell your internship that you're not going to make it today. (laughs) which had not, it sounds dumb, but it had not even occurred to me. I was in such a, I think I was in such a rhythm with grad school and just everything was just happening that I didn't realize that I had control over that. I didn't realize that if I canceled my clients on my son's first birthday, that wasn't me failing. That was me taking control and prioritizing my life in a way that was healthy and meaningful to me. And so I did. I canceled my clients that night and it still felt hard. I still felt really guilty about it because I felt like I should be getting those hours done and I should be, you know, I I shouldn't be making such a big deal of it. That's what it felt like is, is like, if I could be stronger, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't be having a hard time with this. But man, to be able to go home and, and hang out with him, we didn't even do anything. I don't think we did much that day because we had a birthday party planned later that weekend for him. So it was pretty non-climactic that way, but, but it was a great lesson to learn that I could, I could take charge and prioritize my life and not have to feel guilty. Well, I would still feel guilty, but it would be worth it. So fast forward, a week or so after that, that day with Sam, uh, his first birthday, I found out that my dad got stage three colon cancer. So <laughs> I don't know what it was about this two-year grad program, but it just seemed like it never really stopped as far as things hitting hard and what what would already be a stressful situation with having a child and uh, also going through this grad program process and honestly being newlywed, (laughs) like my husband and I had so many things that we had to figure out that were so different than we thought marriage was going to be. And on top of all of that stress, we're trying to figure out how to be married. (laughs) And so then we find out that my dad has colon cancer and he's, he begins the process of treatment with that. And that was quite a blow. But once again, I, I was able to manage that and, and compartmentalize, I guess, for lack of better word, so that I could focus on getting my grad school done, focus on my son and my marriage and all of those other things that I needed to focus on. So then the next semester was the final semester of the program. And lo and behold, I find out midway through the semester that I am pregnant again. (laughs) It was not a planned thing. Um, Although obviously we don't regret it now because we have a cute little boy. But, But that was quite a thing because now not only would I be starting grad school pregnant, I will be ending grad school pregnant. And sure enough, I, in all of my uh, graduation pictures, am about 20 weeks pregnant and rocking a baby bump. So I feel like my grad school journey was very indicative of that up and down of just 
life hitting me over and over and me just like putting my head down and barreling through. But sometimes to think to in a way that was not healthy for me and having to realize uh, that I have to prioritize and that it's okay. And that I don't, I don't have to, I don't have to hide my weaknesses. I can embrace those while I'm also learning and moving forward. So, uh, so then that brings me to the next phase of my life. After grad school, we moved to Utah so that my husband could finish his schooling at at BYU, which is where I had done my undergrad and he wanted to finish his schooling there. So, so we moved back to Utah and I didn't really have any job plans lined up. I was pregnant and just thought, you know, I'm, I'm going to do the stay at home mom thing for a while. I wanted to see what it was like. I hadn't had a chance with Sam yet to be a stay at home mom and just really kind of soak all of that up. So I thought, I want to try this out and see. I, I, maybe I'd enjoy it. I always assumed I would. I mean, that's what I wanted at the beginning before I wanted to have a career. So, so I thought, yeah, this will be fun. Um, <laughs> and it was tough. I I enjoyed my time with Sam, and I enjoyed getting to be a bigger part in his life and set my own schedule and all of these things, but. I found myself getting resentful and frustrated and depressed, especially towards my husband who got to leave every day and go do things and talk to people and meet with people. And I just felt like my life was slowed down to a standstill and I wasn't moving forward. And this is a constant theme for me that I, I constantly need to feel like I'm being productive and moving forward and getting things done for better or for worse. So that was really difficult for me. I gave it about a year. I had my second son and uh, things went okay after he was born. Honestly struggled with a lot of postpartum anxiety with him and just had a really hard time. Luckily I discovered a little bit after having him that I enjoyed running, which was something that I never had discovered before. So I started being able to go to the gym and go for runs and that really helped a lot. But even then I just felt like I wasn't, I wasn't quite fulfilled. So I began looking at other options. I applied for a license in Utah, began working part-time and teaching online. I taught an an adjunct online or a class online as an adjunct professor for BYU-Idaho. And I soon learned that (laughs) working does not solve all of my problems. (laughs) I had this grass is greener concept in my mind that if I could just work, that my life would fall into this beautiful balance of me feeling fulfilled because I had something outside of mothering. And then also I could be a mom and, and, and live it up as far as that goes. And I'd have like the best of both worlds thing going on, except that that's not how it works. (laughs) You have to, 
I mean, being a stay at home mom and working meant that I was constantly juggling. I was grading papers while my kids were down for nap time. I was staying up late night, late at night, even if they had been up the night before trying to get things done. I was meeting with clients while I could hear them. (laughs) I met with a few clients online. So often that was at my home, usually after they went to bed, but sometimes they weren't quite asleep yet. And so I could hear them in the other room, either yelling at each other or crying or whatever, while I'm trying to focus on meeting (laughs) with these clients. And occasionally I got babysitters, but that wasn't always in the uh, financial resources for us at that point. So, so it was, this back and forth, constant juggle, constantly having to schedule things and reschedule things. And, and while I fulfilled, while it did fulfill me in the sense that I was able to feel like I was moving forward and exploring different outlets for myself, it was stressful and it was a lot different than I expected. And then we moved. (laughs) And since then, since that time in Utah, we've moved, I want to say four times. Um, and each time I've had to reapply for licensing and it's been, each time has come with its own hurdles. It's my journey in all senses of the word have been, has been completely unusual and not at all like a textbook therapist's journey is. And so I've had to learn how to be okay with that and also embrace that for what it is and find what I need out of that entire experience. So as I was kind of looking back at my whole journey, thinking about what I, what I wanted to talk to about today, I realized that each of these phases and each of these times in my life that were really challenging for me had some variation of, of these certain themes. And one was that I felt like I had to justify my desire for work and the ways that I could accomplish that, even if it was just to myself. So for instance, I constantly felt like I had to justify the need for a babysitter. (laughs) That is so hard. And I don't know. I mean, I, I I think a lot of other women, especially if you're in that situation where you're mostly stay at home, but you also work part-time and if it's a freelance or entrepreneurial endeavor, then you probably feel this because when you're not, you're not sure of the income that you're bringing in, it's so hard to justify paying a babysitter when you're like, I don't, I don't have any clients scheduled this week, but I could really use that time for other things. But if I'm using it for other things, I'm not necessarily making money. So where's that money coming from? And that was a constant struggle. And I constantly felt the need to, to bypass that need and to say, oh, you know, I don't need a babysitter this week. I'll just go without and fit it in where I can. Or, um, you know, I would tell my husband, like, I don't need to go to my office tonight. I'll just stay home and help help with the kids or whatever. And I don't know why I felt the need to be so self-sacrificing in that way. Luckily, my husband has been very, very supportive of me. And so he would often be the one encouraging me like, no, I don't care if you have clients, go to your office and get whatever you need to done outside of that and things like that. So 
that was really helpful. But I constantly, I constantly felt like I had to justify it. Um, and I still do. I still have moments where I feel like I have to justify my desire to work to myself, mostly to myself. It's not even to other people around me as much as more just to myself that, that that desire and that need of my own is an okay thing to have and not just an okay, but it's just a part of me and it's, it's a good part of me. Um, the second kind of theme I thought about was that, well, these go hand in hand, second and third. (laughs) One is that I will always feel guilty that my children aren't getting a fully dedicated mother. And then on the flip side of that, I will always feel guilty that my clients or my work is not, are not getting a fully dedicated therapist. (laughs) So I know a lot of people have talked about this before, but it really is this sense of you can't put a hundred percent in every area of your life. And so it's a matter of being able to show up for what you need to show up for. But it does mean that sometimes I'm not going to be as good of a therapist as I could be if I didn't have kids. And it does mean that sometimes I'm maybe not going to be as good of a mom because I'm tired and I'm worn down from trying to get my work done. Um, or I'm stressed about that. And so I think there is this back and forth and I'm always going to feel guilty about that. And so it's a matter of me finding a way to, to accept and acknowledge that guilt and also just continue to pursue the things that I want to do. Like if the guilt's going to be there either way, then I can either let it cripple me and hold me back in these areas or I can just acknowledge it and say, yep, that guilt's there and it's going to be there. And I'm just going to keep working through this. So that was, that's definitely an ongoing theme for sure. And then another theme is it will always be a mess. (laughs) I don't know if this is the same for everybody, probably for most entrepreneurs it is. If you own your own business or you have something going on like that, but oh my goodness, it is, it's never easy. There's always another hoop to jump through. There's always gray area as far as legal concerns (laughs) go. There's always complicated paperwork and licensing and issues with, um, clients and there's just always, there's always something. A child gets sick right when you need them to not be sick or things like that. And so uh, I've just learned that this picture perfect idea of someday just having it all together and, and things just flowing, it's probably not ever going to happen. That's probably an unrealistic expectation. So I'm learning to embrace the imperfection of it all. (laughs) And a lot of that I'm learning because of the stories that I've heard on this podcast and been able, the women that I've been able to meet and talk to. So ultimately, all of this comes down to the root, which is my fear of failure. So a lot of this is driven by this idea of what if I don't succeed? What if time goes by and I look back and regret the way I live my life? And I really do feel so driven by that a lot of times. And I'd rather, I'd rather feel driven because I feel more motivated and not because I'm worried about regretting things. But, but that's the reality of it for me. I, I have this constant fear of not doing enough. 
and to not be seen by other people as having accomplished things with my life. And that fear drives me to good things and productive things, but it also at times drives me to unhealthy habits and doing more than I should, often way more than I should. So uh, a lot of times I overcompensate. For instance, (laughs) this is just case in point for present day. Uh, I am over 37 weeks pregnant right now. So yeah, I'm about almost 37 and a half weeks pregnant, which means for those of you doing the simple math there that I'm due in about two and a half weeks. Um, which means this baby could come any day and be considered full term. But you wouldn't know that if you looked at my calendar. (laughs) Uh, Between the OBGYN checkups, you would see this daily service uh, opportunities that I've been doing with my kids, where each day in the day of November, we are finding different ways to serve people in our community or in our home. And that's been wonderful, but also very busy. And then I have podcast interviews and editing that I've been doing. I've been on trips. I've got babysitting engagements for friends. Um, Those are also being reciprocated though. So (laughs) those are awesome. And then church obligations, clients. I have a to-do list that's easily 10 to 15 items long at any time. Plus, I have additional to-do lists that are separate categories like before baby projects and Christmas. (laughs) So in between all of these things, I'm also homeschooling my three children this year and catering to their daily needs as a full-time stay-at-home mom. So I realize in some ways I look at that and I feel proud and I feel this sense of like, yes, I'm being so productive with my time and I, and I'm accomplishing and I'm like, look at all the things that I'm doing. I'm making an impact in my children's lives and other people's lives. And, and it makes me feel really good. And then other times I have days like today where I got so overwhelmed by just the sheer amount of stuff, um, and just being exhausted that I broke down and had a good, cry for about 10 minutes and, um, and was able to let all of that out. But I take that to, to understand and realize that I'm not, I'm not giving myself what I need and I need to figure that out. But I have such a hard time doing that for me, slowing down and not getting things done like this is the same as me failing. And so it's this constant, constant struggle for me. And I try really hard not to, not to get stuck in that, but that's where it is. Um, so I think honestly, as I kind of close up here, I was trying to think of what are some of the lessons that I've learned? And while I know that this isn't picture perfect, I'm not going to be able to tell you like, I've learned how to not feel like a failure (laughs) if I'm not if I'm not being productive enough, uh, cause that's not true. I actually, I haven't learned that. And I, I don't know that I ever will learn that very effectively because that's just something that I constantly struggle with. But, but I have learned a couple of things. And one, uh, especially as it applies to being a mom 
is that it's okay to be the kind of mom that works best for me. So this applies also, I guess, in my work as a therapist. It's okay to be the kind of therapist that works best. Um, And so, for instance, I really enjoy posting on social media about the things that I'm doing with my kids and taking cute pictures of them and getting feedback from other people. Um, I really like sharing, like when I find a new adventure or a new activity or a new service opportunity or something like that. I really love sharing that with people because I like being the person who holds the information and can, can help other people find that and being resourceful like that. Um, for a while though, that I was pretty self-conscious about that. I was worried that other especially other moms on my friendship circles would see me posting about the adventures that I go on with my kids and the things that I'm doing. And they would look at that and feel like either I I thought I was better than them or that, you know, I was trying to say they should, they should be this way in their parenting uh, or whatever. Um, I got a like very mild feedback from a few different people. Like, how do you do so much stuff with your kids? I feel like, like when I look at your feed that I'm this terrible mom, cause I just don't, I don't do enough with my kids. And I, I hate, <laughs> I hate when I hear that from other people, because that is so not why I post what we do, what I do with my kids. The reason I post is 100% for me. Well, I guess I would say it's 90% for me and 10% for the two grandmas who are, <laughs> who are actively watching every day of my children's lives. And so, cause they don't live close and, and that helps them to feel connected. So, so honestly, I, I am so not posting all of that to make anybody feel bad about themselves. And it breaks my heart that that would be the case. Um, so for a while I, I thought, well, maybe I should scale back. Maybe I shouldn't post as much. I don't want people to think that that's why I I post what I post. And then I realized that, no, I actually, (laughs) I really enjoy being able to document my children's lives like that. I like being able to see it a year from then and look back on all of the adventures that we've had and have it be so well documented. It's like journaling for me. And it's like my way of connecting to the outside world. And it's why my way of detailing my productivity as a mom. And that that's very fulfilling to me. And so, um, I learned that I can't be responsible for other people's emotions when they look at my feed and that if that's something that I enjoy, then I should keep doing it. And that's kind of what I tell people. Um, also what they don't realize is that the reason I get out of the house so much is because staying in the house makes me incredibly depressed. And I have learned over years of being a mom now that I I literally can't stay home for more than one or two days at a time without kind of sinking into a hole. Even after having a baby, I'm out as much as I possibly can because I, I just can't stay home. Um, and so I have, so in a lot of ways it's, it's a coping thing for me. And I, I'm actually envious of women who can stay home and feel very comfortable doing that. And so it's, there's always a different, a different side of things when you look at it. And then finally, um, just being okay, owning my space, whatever that looks like. 
I, <laughs> it's been interesting with this podcast journey. I, I am, I feel so, and I know that I say this a lot, but I just, I honestly feel so privileged to be able to listen to most of these women are complete strangers. They've either reached out to me or I've um, reached out to them on various social media platforms or my website. And uh, it is so, such an amazing thing that a complete stranger would trust me as this amateur podcast editor and publisher um, with something so important and such a huge part of their lives. And I, I feel so privileged to be a part of that. And it surprises me all the time that people are willing to do that for something that I've created. And what also surprises me is when I hear people enjoy listening to my podcast. <laughs> I know that that shouldn't surprise me. That sounds terrible. But but when I hear from somebody that I didn't know listened to my podcast or they're telling their friends about it or something like that, I am genuinely surprised still to hear that every time because, I mean, I I enjoy what I'm doing and I, I love the stories of these women and I feel inspired by that. But to know that other women are feeling inspired by that is incredibly hum- humbling for me and something that I don't necessarily expect day to day, uh, just because I don't at all feel like a polished professional in this space. But I'm, I'm slowly learning that, that I don't have to be this polished professional, whether it's as a therapist or a coach or as a podcaster, I can make that look however it looks and I will learn and I will progress as I go along that path, but I can't compare what I'm doing right now to somebody who's been doing this for 10, 15 years and has this polished professional practice and all of these things. I need to just look at it for what it is for me and whatever that looks like can be something that I'm proud of and that I'm going to own at the end of the day. So even though my journey from the first day of grad school showing up as an eight month (laughs) pregnant woman to my first day of classes and propping my feet up on the chair because it was blisteringly hot still there in Texas and my poor ankles were so swollen, (laughs) um, going from that to where I am now with this podcast and coaching and uh, speaking engagements and things that I never in a million years thought I would be doing. Um, And then also my three children, soon to be four. It's just, I think I've learned through this process that I will continue to struggle and I will continue to be imperfect every step of the way. But it's a matter of not letting that stop me and not letting that get me down too much to where I scale it back or I, or I, um, or I stop it altogether because I'm, I'm scared or I'm afraid of it not being good enough because it's better for it to be out there and be imperfect than to not be out there at all. Um, so hopefully that helps you get to know me a little bit more. I feel like I kind of rambled a little bit, but I wanted to share my story with each of you because I feel like 
I ask so much of the women who come onto my show to share their, their stories. And I haven't had the opportunity to do that yet and wanted to be able to reciprocate that for all of these other women and for my listeners. So hopefully that's coherent and, um, and I will, so this podcast episode is the last of the year. I'm taking a break as I'm going to be having this baby soon and, uh, we'll continue with the next episode at the beginning of February. That will be the first episode coming back up. So I hope you have a wonderful holiday season and a beautiful new year. As you set those new year's resolutions, just remember that it's okay to be imperfect and that you can just figure out what works for you. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Imperfect Me Women. If you would like to find out more about this podcast or more about what I do to help and support women, you can visit my website at www.imperfectmewomen.com. And you can also visit me on Facebook or Instagram with the handle Imperfect Me Women. And I always love to hear from people uh, who would like to share their stories. So if you listen to this episode or other episodes and you feel inspired to share your story with the world, then give me a call or email or text, (laughs) all of those things, and we can get something set up. And I will see you guys in a few months. Bye.